unwrapping, unwrapping Christmas and how we can uh, unwrap these gifts that God wants to give us in our lives. And in fact, if I could have our crew help get our present, uh, each, each time this, uh, in this series, we get to unwrap a present every week uh, uh, that relates to our message of what God wants to do in our lives, gifts that God gives us. You know, at, at Christmas this week, this uh, maybe this Sunday or next Monday, you're going to be sitting down uh, under, around a Christmas tree and, and uh, unwrapping presents, and, and it would be silly to leave any of those presents just unwrapped, just sitting there. But yet, God has given us the greatest gift this Christmas. He's given us his son, Jesus, the greatest gift the world has ever known. And, and it's up to us. It's just sitting there under the tree to unwrap that gift to unwrap it, to accept Christ as our Savior, to bring him into our lives. And along with that gift comes a lot of other gifts. We, we looked at, in the previous week, we looked at the gift of God's presence, Emmanuel, God with us, that literally the, the God of the universe, right, that Jesus came down to earth, he put on flesh, he was born as a baby, right, he lived a perfect life, he was Emmanuel, he was God with us. And when we accept him, right? When we uh, acknowledge that he's there, we can experience his presence everywhere we go. No matter where we go, we can experience the presence, literally the presence of God. There's nowhere we can escape from him. He is our protection. He's our God. And when we trust in him, when we put our faith in him, it leads to peace in our life, that Jesus will be our peace. Uh, last week, we looked at, at joy, right? Another gift, another side gift of the ultimate gift of Jesus is this idea of joy. You know, behold, today I bring you good news of great joy. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born, right? He's Christ the Lord, uh, and, and great joy. But to experience great joy, Jesus had to go through great suffering and great sorrow. And the same is true in our life. If we want to experience joy, the way we unwrap that gift is we have to go through sorrow. We have to recognize our sin. We have to uh, go through that sorrow of saying, Jesus, I'm sorry, I want to be more like you. And then we get uh, this gift of unending joy. No matter what storm, no matter what circumstance, we have eternal joy. So this week, we've got another incredible gift up here. And so today, I could really use a volunteer uh, who'd like to unwrap a present, maybe a Christmas wrapping. Do we have any volunteers in the building today? Jess, I see that hand back there. Come on down, Jess. All right. And uh, Pastor Sterling, if I could get a microphone from you there. Oh, Jess is excited. She, she's ready. She was telling me all about all the presents she's opening up this week already. So come on down, Jess. I hope, we can, I hope you can reach this present in here, all right? This, okay. Here, why don't you, you're going to get lost behind that present. <laughs> now, here, Jess, I'll give you the microphone. Um, do you like Christmas presents? I do. Okay. I, I had a feeling you might. Uh, what is, what's, give us an idea, what's on your Christmas list this year? What's one present you really hope is under the tree? I don't know. <laughs> There's so many. There's so many? There's just a long list of all of those. All right. All right. So are you ready? Do you think you can help me open up this present today? Yes. yes. All right. Perfect. All right. So why don't we come on over here? Can we, uh, let's, let's lift up that box lid here. Let me give you some help here. Lift it up, lift it up. All right, pull that gift out. See it? Oh, whoa. Well, come on over here, Jess. What do you got there? It's a blower. A leaf blower. Have you ever used one of those before? I think I have. Okay. 
What do you, what do you think we're going to use a leaf blower for today? <laughs> to get all the snow. Get off all the snow? Oh, man, we've had some snow late. Would you give it up for Jess? Give it up for Jess. Oh, great job. Thank you so much. All right, we've got a, got a leaf blower this morning. What does this have to do with the gift that, that God wants to give us? Well, we'll tell you, all right? So I want you to open up your Bibles to John chapter 20. Try to figure out what on earth does a leaf blower have to do with a gift that God wants to give you today, that he wants you to unwrap. So John chapter 20. And uh, as you turn in there, I'll give you a little bit of context. In John chapter 20, this is uh, after Jesus went to the cross, uh, after he was raised from the dead. Uh, so this is post-resurrection. And uh, we see recorded here, according to John, the first conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. And so John chapter 20, verse 19 says this. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we thank you for your word today. Uh, I pray that you would help us to receive this gift that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Wouldn't that be something to have been in the room on this day? Here are the disciples. They're sitting there. The, the doors are locked. They're, they're afraid. They don't know what's... They've heard rumblings. They've heard that, you know, they, they went to the tomb that morning and they saw Jesus' body wasn't there. You know, did he really raise from the dead? We haven't seen him. You know, what, what's going on? We've heard reports. Did somebody steal him? You know, what, what's going on? They're still a little nervous from the Jewish leaders. You know, they're kind of wanted people after they took down Jesus. What's, what's going on? So they got the doors locked. And all of a sudden it says, Jesus was there. I don't know what he did. I don't know, he walked through the wall or, or you know. But, hey. He's Jesus. He can do what he wants. He, he's doing supernatural things. He walks in and he shows them his hands and he shows them the side where nails had pierced him, where the, the spear had pierced him, all these different things. And then he gave them a gift. Did you catch that in there? The gift that God gave him? He, it said he breathed on them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. And that's the gift today. The Holy Spirit, that's the gift that we're looking on. When you accept Christ as your Savior, you receive the Holy Spirit. It's a gift that God gives us. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of you, and it says, you know, the, the breath. The breath of God comes and fills you up, right? The, 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 the wind of the Spirit comes into you, and the Spirit indwells and lives inside of you. And it's a gift. Uh, in fact, uh, if you've received Christ as your Savior, then, then we know that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. The, the Bible is very clear about that. When we say, Jesus, would you come? Uh, would you be my Lord and Savior? Would you forgive me? It says immediately the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. 1 Corinthians 3.16 tells us, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? Right? That we are the temple of God, that God's Spirit, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Romans 8, 9 
tells us, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. So in other words, if, if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus, it means that you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And that is a pretty amazing gift. So by the nature of accepting the gift of Jesus, accepting him as Savior, we have also accepted the gift of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in John chapter 3, it puts us another way. Uh, Jesus is having a conversation with a Pharisee named Nicodemus in John chapter 3. And uh, this Pharisee is looking for, how do I get eternal life? You know, what is, what's, what's the way? How do I do that? And, and Jesus taught Nicodemus that he needed to be, uh, you know, a new concept. In John chapter 3, he says, you need to be born again. If you want to get into the kingdom of heaven, you need to be born again. And he wasn't talking about being physically reborn. But he was talking about being spiritually reborn. In fact, in John chapter 3, uh, it, it says this in verse 6, Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So again, it, it compares the Holy Spirit to the wind right? The, the wind comes and goes as it pleases. You, you can't really see the wind. You can see the effects of the wind. You can uh, see things that are changed, but you can't see the wind. It kind of goes wherever it likes, and, and the Holy Spirit's like that. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and He's going to guide you and direct you and tell you, hey, go here, go there. He may not tell you where you're going, but He's saying, hey, follow me. Put your trust in the Holy Spirit. So, so Jesus Again, he describes the Holy Spirit as this wind, right, that blows wherever it pleases. Can you feel the wind over here? A little bit? I got to get a more... How about now? Okay, there we go. We can feel the wind of the Spirit this morning. So it says the wind blows wherever it pleases, right, that God breathed the Holy Spirit into their lives. And, and so that's, that's what it's talking about. The wind of the Spirit is inside of you. So if you want to get into heaven, you've got to be born again. You've got to have the Spirit living inside of you. So let's take a little look at this deeper. What does the indwelling of the Holy Spirit offer for us? What is it good for? What does it do? What, what are the details of it? And in John chapter 14 through 16, we, we looked at a little bit of this last week. Jesus gives a lot of details on the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can read through that later, but I'll give you some of the highlights. <coughs> uh, several times it... Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit as a comforter or a counselor. Uh, that's what he refers to. He says, I, I've got to go away so that the counselor can come, so that the comforter can come. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He, he's inside of you 24-7. He's there to comfort you through any situation that you might be going through, through any storm uh, that you're, you're walking through. But he's also there to counsel you to guide you, to give you help, to give you direction, to say, well, maybe we shouldn't go down this path. Maybe we should go down this path. And so the, the Holy Spirit there is to guide us and, and direct us, to comfort us when we go through pain. It's an incredible gift that God's given us. His Holy Spirit is with us 24-7 wherever we go. It also says that the Holy Spirit is here to teach us all things. He's there to teach us, to show us this is right and this is wrong. You know, this is, this is a good thing. This is how you do these things. And, and the Holy Spirit's there to guide us. Uh, he's there to remind us of Christ's words. 
So maybe you've experienced this, you've gotten into a situation, you've gone through a difficult problem, or you're just not sure what to say, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just brings a verse back to memory that hits you at just the right time. Because that's, that's the role of the Holy Spirit, to, to help remind you of what the words that Jesus said, to help remind you of what's in God's Word. So the Holy Spirit's there with us. Another thing that he does is lead us into all truth. Holy Spirit leads us into truth. He shows us, again, what's right and wrong. In this world today, uh, truth is so subjective. I mean, truth is so hard to come by. Everybody thinks they have their own truth. But, but we know the ultimate truth, the only truth, is God's Word. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us, show us right from wrong, guide us through all the gray areas in life. Uh, another role that the Holy Spirit fills is to show us what's yet to come. He knows the future. And so he, he shows us. He may not show us the whole picture, but he, he shows us what we need to know, when we need to know. Uh, another role that he does is glorify Jesus. You know, through us, his role is to glorify God, to prompt us, to, to show us, hey, we need to give praise. We need to give thanks to God. This is something the Holy Spirit does in us. And so all of these things that the Holy Spirit does as he indwells us are, are meant to mature us to make us become stronger believers in Jesus, to become more solid uh, people in Christ. Because ultimately our goal is holiness, to be more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you helps you become more like Jesus. Now growing up, you probably had many people in your life, if you would stop and think about it, that helped mentor you, that helped guide you. Maybe it was a parent or a grandparent, an aunt or an uncle, uh, a coach, a teacher, a pastor, you know, several different people in your life that you looked up to that helped you mature, right? They corrected you when you got out of line. They, they taught you how to do basic things. Maybe they, you know, here's how you shop for groceries, you know, come along with it. Here's how you do basic things in life. Here's how you use a screwdriver. Here's how you do, and you had people mentor you and teach you and coach you and show you right from wrong. And that's really what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. He wants to mentor you and coach you and teach you and show you, uh, not in the, the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm, how you can be built up, how you can mature. And so as you listen to the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden something amazing happens in our life. Uh, something miraculous takes place. When we begin uh, to follow and listen to Him, we become more and more like God. The more time we spend with the Holy Spirit and listen to Him, the more we change. And over time, we begin to produce what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. We, we begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So these are different fruits that begin to pop up in our lives. Right? When, we, when we listen to the comforter, when we listen to the teacher, when we listen to the counselor in our lives, all of a sudden these fruit begin to produce. Now, a, a tree doesn't produce fruit you know, for its own benefit. It doesn't sit there, grab an apple off itself, and eat it. Uh, it produces fruit you know, to spread the seeds, to, to make more apple trees, you know, but, but also to be a blessing to other people around. You know, that, that fruit helps the, the other people it produces, and, and, it, and it takes time to do it, but it, it's so worth it. And in the same way, for our lives, when we produce fruit, it's not meant for us, but it's meant for the people around us. So as the Holy Spirit 
uh, dwells inside of us, all of a sudden that fruit is produced, and then people around us get blessed, right? They, they feel the Holy Spirit. You guys feel the Holy Spirit over here a little bit, a little bit. There we go. Yeah, just accept it. I like it. We've got, got some Holy Spirit working over here. And, and so that's, that's what happens, right? We, we follow the Holy Spirit. We listen to Him. All of a sudden, fruit becomes produced, and now the people that we come in contact with, they start experiencing that fruit of the Holy Spirit. Because love and joy and peace and patience, while, yeah, they, they help you out, they're not meant for you. They're meant for other people. Now when you come around other people, now all of a sudden they start experiencing what true love is like. Right now, now when you go around people, they, they see your joy, and man, that's contagious. And they, they get a bite of that apple, and they like it. Right? They see your patience, and they're just thinking, man, I don't have that kind of patience. What's different about you? Well, let me tell you. I got the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me. I, I've got my Savior is Jesus, right? And they experience a little bit of that, that wind of the Holy Spirit because they're tasting the fruit that God has given us. So how many people here, who felt the leaf blower today? How far did we get? Go ahead, raise your hand if you felt the leaf blower. All right, I got three rows in. All right? Three rows in. Uh, but that's, that's the thing. The Holy Spirit, He helps you. The, he helps you affect the people who are closest to you. Right? The people who are closest to you, those should be the ones who see the Holy Spirit on you the most. Should see the, that fruit of you, that, that love, the joy, the peace, the patience in you. So how do we, uh, just real quick, how do we unwrap that gift of the Holy Spirit in our life? We do it through simply uh, this. Listen to the Holy Spirit. If you want to unwrap the gift, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your life, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. So what does that look like? Well, see, before the Holy Spirit comes in you, before the Holy Spirit is your comforter or your counselor, he starts out and he first plays the role of convictor and convincer. Right? Convictor. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict you. It's to convict you. That's the very first thing that he, he does in our lives. He convicts you of sin. He, and he shows you, hey, what you're doing is wrong. You feel guilty. You know, you disobeyed God. You didn't go down the right path. You know, maybe even this morning you're sitting there and, and uh, you got some things that you're just like, you know, oh, I'm not proud of that. I shouldn't have done that. You know, maybe you're sitting here, just the fact that you walked into the church doors, you're feeling guilty. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit convicting you and showing you, hey, the path that you're walking down right now is it's wrong. But he, he's, he doesn't do it just to, to guilt you or to shame you or to make you feel bad about yourself. He convicts you because he knows there's something greater. And so his second role that he does is he's a convincer, right? He, he wants to convince you that there's a better way. He wants to convince you and show you that because you have guilt, because you have shame, because you have sinned in your life, there is a greater way and there's only one way to get forgiven of that and his name is Jesus. Right? And he is there to convince you that Jesus is Lord. In fact, 1 Corinthians says that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit shows you and, and proves to you, and there's something inside of your spirit that you just know, I need to accept Jesus. I, I need to ask Jesus to forgive me. And, and so when we listen to this conviction, right, when we allow the Holy Spirit to convince us, that there is something greater out there, then we begin, you know, to, to naturally just, just say that prayer, God, forgive me. 
God, forgive me. I feel guilty. God, I want to be made clean again. And he convinces you, Jesus is Lord. You, you look through the scripture and you see, all right, yeah, man, Jesus, he, he, he lived a perfect life, right? He, he, he was the sacrifice. He, he gave himself up. He died on the cross. He rose again. And you begin to see that, that what happened in the scripture, it wasn't just some made-up story, but it's real. And we say, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. And when we do that, when we listen to the Holy Spirit and we respond to him, that's when we unwrap the gift. That's when we unwrap it. And all of a sudden, we accept Jesus into our heart, and immediately it says the Spirit comes and he dwells inside of us. And, and Jesus breathes the, the breath uh, of the Spirit of God into our lives. And if we want to experience him as that comforter, as that counselor, then we just need to continue listening. Continue listening to what the Holy Spirit wants to speak today. As he comforts you, as you counsel him, as he counsels you, will you follow his voice? Will you follow? I mean, how many of you guys disobeyed your parents growing up, right? We could all raise our hands. We all did it. They were trying to do what was best for you. You know, clean up your room. Don't do that. Don't go there. And you're just thinking, man, why you got to be so mean to me? No, they're trying to help you out. But yet, how often do we do that to the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's sitting there, and maybe uh, even now he still continues to convict us, to show us right from wrong, to show us truth. But how many times have we been sitting there thinking, yeah, I'm just going to push that voice down. You know, I'm just going to, I know what I'm watching probably isn't the greatest, and I know I'm feeling some conviction over it, but I'm I'm just going to tune out that channel. And then the problem is, then we don't hear his voice. When we, when we continue to push him aside and we have this incredible gift inside of us, this indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but we need to continue to listen to him if we want to take advantage of this amazing gift that God has given us and a comforter and a counselor and a, and a guide. He's going to lead us into all truth. He knows the future. and He's going to show us what's ahead. So we've got to continue to listen to him. Some of you may ask that question, how do I know uh, which voice to listen to in my head? Anybody have voices in their head, right? We can be honest, we all do, right? We all have voices in our head that we listen to. You're not crazy this morning. But how do you know which one is the right one to listen to? How do you know which one's yourself? How do you know which one is maybe the the devil trying to trick you, right? How do you know which one's the Holy Spirit trying to guide you? The big question, does it line up with Scripture? Does it line? The Holy Spirit is not going to tell you anything that is contradictory to what's in God's Word. So we've got to line it up with, with... with God's word, and as we do that, as we begin to test out, you know, what, what the Holy Spirit's speaking to us, and we realize, okay, this is from God, we begin to understand his voice clearer and clearer the more that we listen to it. And as we listen to the Holy Spirit, that's when we see the fruit kick in, right? That's when we see the love, the joy, the peace, and the patience, you know, all start flowing in and building up, and it takes time. You're not going to mature overnight, but gradually, and, and as we head farther into our lives, the Holy Spirit will mature us, and we'll be able to blow that wind of the Spirit on more people. All right, if you still got your Bibles, uh, I want you to flip over two chapters. So you're in John 20. I want you to go two chapters ahead to Acts chapter 1, because I want us to learn more about this gift of the Holy Spirit. So initially in, in John chapter 20, uh, that was the initial conversation that Jesus had with his disciples after the resurrection. Now here in Acts chapter 1, we see a conversation take place 
uh, perhaps just a few days or at most just a couple weeks later after uh, Jesus had breathed the Holy Spirit into his disciples. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it says this, On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with his disciples, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, in this conversation, Jesus talks about a gift. A gift that that God the Father wants to to give to him. And and again, he says this gift is the Holy Spirit. So again, another gift that that God wants us to unwrap this, this Christmas. But what's confusing about this passage? I mean, just think about it for a minute. Didn't Jesus just give them the Holy Spirit? Right? He just breathed on them. Just a few days ago, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And now he's coming back and saying, hey guys, I've got another gift. Wait for it. It's the Holy Spirit. How does that make sense? He says, this isn't just the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This is a second gift. This is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He says, I've got something greater for you. You know, it's been fun as as uh, Angie and I have gotten to figure out like our own Christmas tradition with our, our family. One of, the, one of the first years that, uh, you know, three of our kids, they were all like in on the Christmas and, you know, they, they understood presents and that idea of unwrapping them. We had bought them all gifts and we ran into a little problem because uh, three of the gifts, one for each of the kids, was just so big, you know, box-wise, we couldn't fit it under the tree. Ever had one of those gifts? You just... What do I do? How do I wrap this? And so we, we scratched our heads for a little bit, and finally we thought, you know what? Let's just, let's just hide the gifts in the house somewhere. And it'll be like a, you know, kind of, kind of fun, maybe a little scavenger hunt. And so we, we hid some of these big boxed items. We put one in the shower. We put one under the bed. I can't remember. We just we hid them around the house. And so we, we came, uh, and we got to do our Christmas together with the kids, and we were having so much fun. We got to go through the Bible story, and, and uh, you know, we're passing around the gifts. We're opening them one at a time, and, and uh, we got to the end of unwrapping them all. And, you know, the kids were, they were excited. They're like, can we play with the toys now? Can we, can we get to it? And uh, we said, okay, just a minute, but, but wait. There's still another gift. You know, at this point, they're like, what? There's more? Yeah, there, there's another gift. And, and, and we tell them, and it's the biggest gift yet. You know, and their eyes get really big, like, all right, where is it? And we said, it's hidden somewhere in the house. And uh, are you ready? You know, and we told them to go. And so they're, they're running throughout the house, and, and, you know, we're just sitting there, and we're listening, and all of a sudden, you know, you know Ava found her present. You just hear these screams, like, ah, you know, whoa, this is so big. You know, they, they keep finding them, they bring them all down, and eventually, you know, they, they open them up, and, and it was just so much fun for them because here there was the second gift. And it wasn't just any gift. It was the best gift they had gotten the whole time. And so now often that's, that's what we do. But it's in the same way, this is what God does for us. So he says, here's the Holy Spirit. And the disciples are probably thinking like, wow, this is, this is pretty great. Comforter, counselor, I like this. But then he comes up to him and says, but wait, I got a second gift. And it's even better than the first one. It's even bigger than the first one. And, and when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there's this second gift. There's this second wind of the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus told them, you guys got to wait. 
All right, you got to wait. There's going to be some anticipation here. I want you to wait in Jerusalem uh, until the gift is poured out in your life. And, and so that's what the disciples did. They, they waited for that second gift. They went to the upper room and said there was about 120 of them. And in Acts chapter 2, we read this. This was on the day of Pentecost. So this was uh, maybe about 10 days after the ascension of Jesus. So they were up there for about 10 days praying. And uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were, talking about the disciples, all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Again, wouldn't you love to be in the room on this one? On the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came and fell, it, it said, uh, you know, they, they had the gift. They had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But now, all of a sudden, they've got a new level, a new level of access, a new level uh, of power. It says there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind that came through the building, that there's fire, you know, on top of their heads. And they were, began to just speak in a language that they had never learned before. Can you imagine that experience? See, Jesus breathed on them the Holy Spirit the first time, but the second time, it was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. So what's the difference? Why is it like, why Holy Spirit twice? How, how does this work? Why do we need the baptism in the Holy Spirit? What, it, what does the baptism in the Holy Spirit do this time? How is it different? Acts 1.8 tells us this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, the difference this time is power. It's an upgrade in power. The Holy Spirit hasn't changed, but your access to the Holy Spirit has changed. So I love that God gives us a second gift. And uh, what's fun is, man, it's a gift that just keeps on, on giving. He gives us a second one. He gives us... Somewhere in here, more power, right? I think, what is this, the Binford 3000 or something like that? He, he gives us more power, right? And that's what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is. It, it's still the wind of the Holy Spirit. He wants to put it in, but this is a little bit, a bit of a stronger wind. This is an upgrade. This is going to help you get the job that, that the Holy Spirit was already helping you to do. He's going to help you do it faster. Right? He's going he's gonna to upgrade that power. You see, the disciples, I mean, think about this just for a minute. The disciples were tasked with this to go into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth and tell everyone about Jesus, to be his witnesses. Like, just put yourself in the disciples' shoes for a minute. Imagine there was no other Christians on earth. There's no other Christians, but only the people in this room. And Jesus literally came here today and told you, hey guys, your goal is you got to tell the whole earth about the good news of Jesus Christ. Right? And it was just up to you. How would you feel this morning? How would you, how would you feel? We've got to tell 8 billion people about Jesus. That'd be pretty daunting. That'd be pretty difficult. But that's what Jesus did to his 12 disciples. He says, hey, this is your task. This is what you're called to. You've got to tell the whole world. It's 12 versus the entire world. 
still the same call that God's given us today. He's given us that great commission. But the nice thing is that he didn't say, go do it on your own. He said, no, I've got all the tools that you need, right? I've got some, I've got some more power for you to help you get the word out there further and faster. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and this is going to be, be new. This is going to be incredible. And so we see that happening right away. The disciples are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And again, why are they baptized? Because the goal is they need to get the good news out. This is a tool to equip them to spread good news. And so they begin to, to speak in different languages right away. That's the first sign that we see happen, uh, that they know that they're filled with the Spirit. And they begin to speak in this new language. All of a sudden, people from all over, they start hearing their native language and the disciples speaking them. And they're just thinking, man, they're praising God in my own tongue. What is going on? They start asking questions. And so now Peter, who just you know a few weeks before denied Jesus three times, who is, who is ashamed, now he stands up. Uh, on a soapbox, basically, and he just begins to declare the glory of God. He begins to, to tell them the salvation message that Jesus died and he rose again. And it said that, that the people there, they were cut to the heart. And they said, how do we receive Jesus? It says, repent and be baptized. And said, 3,000 people came to Jesus that day. Why? Not because Peter was some amazing person, but because Peter, all of a sudden, he had a new power level in his life. And he was able to speak and he was able to spread the good news further and faster than he's ever done before because of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, because he upgraded the Holy Spirit and his access to it in his life. That's why. So we, we see the gift being displayed. There was a new level of power. 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 12 tells us uh, nine different gifts that the Spirit gives us. Uh, the message of wisdom, a message of knowledge, faith. Gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues. These are all incredible gifts. But, but what is amazing is that these, these gifts that God wants to give us, and he, he gives it to all of us differently and at different amounts, at different times, at different purposes, different reasons, but all of these gifts are to help tell people about Jesus. That's what they're for. They're not for you to say, like, look, you know, look how big my leaf blower is. You know, this is great. No, it's to help you get the job done further and faster. It's to help tell more people about Jesus. That's what it's all about. This gift is given to you so you can share it with others. It's a power upgrade so you can reach more people further and faster. You know, but we got to put it to use, right? we gotta, we got to turn this thing on. Here goes nothing. All right. Raise your hand if you can feel the wind today. Anybody feel that? little deeper, feel the wind of the Spirit today, Woo! all right, there we go, there we go, so you'll notice, you'll notice with a little bit of a power upgrade, you can reach more people. Right? You can, more people can feel the effects of the wind of the Spirit in your life. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit is all about, right? is helping you reach more people further and faster because we've given, been given this great commission to go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Right? That's what we're all about as a church, to love God, love people, and share Christ. It's our mission. It's always going to be the church's mission. 
is to share Christ. And God has given us amazing tools to do it. He's given us the baptism in the Holy Spirit so we can do things that are beyond our abilities. I'll tell you what, you go out to Walmart and you pray for somebody and they get healed. The word of Jesus is going to spread. Right? I mean, God's going to do some incredible things. Right? He's going to give you faith beyond measure. Right? He's going to give you that perfect word at the perfect time to tell somebody. And they're going to be like, how'd you know that? God told me. The Holy Spirit's living inside of me. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. And and word's going to begin to spread when we really tap into that. And we say, Holy Spirit, I I need you. So how do we unwrap this gift of the Holy Spirit? The the gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And worship team, if you would come. (coughs) I want to give you three quick ways that we can unwrap the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit in our life. And the first one is this. To unwrap the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we've got to ask the Father. We've got to ask God for the gift. We have not because we ask not. Luke 11 tells us, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Right? God's got the gift. Right? He's sitting there with the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and, and he loves you. He cares for you. And he wants to give you this gift. He's not holding it back. He wants to give you all we need to do is ask. He is a good father and he wants to pour it out in your life. Because again, it's not only going to bless you, but it's going to help you do what God has called you to do, to go and reach the world. So God's a good father, so we've got to start by asking him for the gift. God, would you give me the Holy Spirit? Second thing, second thing we need to do is we need to seek Jesus. We need to seek Jesus. Matthew 3.11, uh, we, we see John the Baptist uh, say these words. He says, I baptize you with, with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Right? In all the Gospels, John the Baptist points out, Jesus, he's the one who's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He's going to do it. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So just as John went and, you know, dunked people in the Jordan, Jesus is going to take you and dunk you in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not just going to live inside of you, but you're going to be overcome and overwhelmed by the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But it's Jesus is the one who baptizes you. So if you want that gift, then you've got to seek Jesus. Seek the baptizer. Jesus, I want more of you. I want to be more like you. And the third thing is we need to follow the Spirit. See, I believe that as you ask God, ask God the Father for this gift, as you seek Jesus for more of Him, you're going to experience the presence of God in a new way. You're going to experience maybe it's something physically changes, maybe just emotionally. You just you you start to sense the presence of God presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's in that moment when you'll begin to feel the Holy Spirit prompting you, telling you to do something maybe a little bit outside of your your comfort zone. For the believers in Acts seeking this precious gift, they were were prompted to begin to speak in a language they had never learned. I can't imagine what, what, what it was like in that room that day. 
But each one of them, the Holy Spirit was guiding them to, to speak out probably to them what sounded like gibberish. But the Holy Spirit was guiding them and directing them. And they were willing to follow the Holy Spirit's prompting in that moment. So when you come to that moment and you feel the presence of God, you, you, you feel his presence around you, and you feel the Holy Spirit begin to prompt you, it, it's kind of like uh, you're, at a, you're at a pool, right? You ever been to a, a pool on kind of a cool day and you're just kind of nervous to get into the water? Like, how cold is it going to be? You know, you dip your toe in there. It's like, ooh, that's kind of cold. So you think, well, maybe I'll just, you know, take the stairs and just go in incrementally, but... Man, that's going to be a lot of pain to go in. I, I think I'll just jump. Right, so you're standing at the edge, and, and you're thinking, oh, do I go in there? This is, going to, uh, this is going to be cold. I'm not sure. You know, what's, what's it going to be like? You know, that's when your, your brother or sister comes behind you and pushes you in. Right, you've been there before. But the Holy Spirit's not like that. He's not going to push you in. He'll tell you, hey, it's time to jump. It's time to go. Go in the deep end. I got you. It's going to be Okay. But he's not going to come from behind and shove you in. That's up to you. You've got to make that decision. He's telling you, here's what you do. You may not know what it's going to feel like. You may not know what the experience is. It may be a little scary. You may... But we've got to say, all right, I'm going to jump. I'm going to go in. Right? That's the only way to get baptized is to go full in. Not just part of me. Holy Spirit, I want all of you. And so he prompts us, you know, and, and so you may begin to, to, to feel like, oh, do I need to speak this out? Usually he's going to pull you somewhere outside of your comfort zone. But will you follow? Will you listen to him? Because your whole life is going to be listening to him and following those promptings. So if we want to get baptized, we better start by listening to the Holy Spirit. So when the Spirit prompts you like he did the 120 on Pentecost, Trust him. Go outside your comfort zone. And you'll find the water's pretty nice. Right? When you go head to toe, he's got you. you you're going to be safe. You may not know where you're going, but he's got a plan for you. You're going to be able to share Christ like never before. You know, maybe you've unwrapped this gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but it's just been sitting dusty on the shelf for a long time. You haven't really thought about it. Well, then today, let me encourage you with these words. In, in 2 Timothy, Paul encourages Timothy. He says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us, for the Spirit God gave us does not uh, make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The Spirit of God inside of you, that you've received this gift, it, power, love, discipline, right? He, he wants to use you to do those great things, but we've got to fan it into flame, right? We've got to, we've got to, we've got to stoke the fire a little bit. We've got to put it into practice. So don't just sit there and feel, uh, oftentimes we can feel guilty like, oh man, no, fan it into flame. Ask God to fill you again. Don't, don't regret the past. Let's, let's make a new future. Let's go forward. Let's spread the gospel. Let's share. God's still got a plan for us. So today, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. We've got plenty of time this morning. I want you to think through this just while you're sitting in your seats right now. Maybe today you need to receive that, that first gift. You've never received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit before. You've never <coughs> excuse me, accepted Christ as your Savior. Well, today I, I encourage you, listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to that conviction. Again, maybe you're sitting there and you're feeling that conviction right now. 
You're saying, I got sin in my life. I'm not good enough. God wants to forgive you. He wants to wipe away your sin. He wants to make you clean. So listen to the Holy Spirit today. Follow that. Ask Jesus for forgiveness. He's showing you Jesus is the only way. Make Jesus the Lord of your life today. So simply, you can just pray that prayer. Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you be the Lord of my life? Believe that you died and that you rose again. And just begin to listen to his voice. And as you do that, as we, as we pray that prayer, as we come to a point of asking for forgiveness, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to live inside of you. You're going to have a comforter and a counselor like you've never experienced before. It's going to be amazing. Maybe today you need to receive that second gift. You've, you've already had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but, but now you, you need to take that second leap of faith. You need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because you know what God's called you to do. And, and it's too big to, to handle on your own. But God's got a, a new level of power for you to experience. So ask him. Ask him, God, would you give me the Holy Spirit? Start to seek Jesus. Seek the baptizer. He wants to baptize you today. And as you experience his presence, follow the Spirit's prompting. And I believe that God is going to fill you. You know, it's interesting. Uh, today, maybe... You know, you don't have any of those gifts. But today, you, you can receive two gifts in one day. Did you know that? It's possible. Now, in the Bible, we see, you know, the disciples, they, you know, it took, took some time in between when they, Jesus gave them the indwelling and the baptism. Uh, Paul took a few days, you know, uh, all those different things. But we see in Acts chapter 10, a guy named Cornelius and his family, they received the indwelling and the, the filling, the baptism in the Holy Spirit on on one shot. Right? I don't know why God chooses to do it differently for all of us. But he does. Maybe you sat out there and you're just thinking like, when I've tried to seek that before. Don't give up. Don't give up. The worst thing that could happen today by seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit is you get closer to Jesus. That's the worst thing that could happen. He wants to fill you. And I believe that. So let's let's put him in control. Would you stand with me? worship team is going to lead us, but, but today, if, if you just, if you desire the Holy Spirit, if you desire the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, if you desire the baptism in the Holy Spirit, if you desire just more of the Holy Spirit, that God would, would fill you up, then I encourage you, as we begin to sing, would you make your way down to this altar? Would you come find a place to get alone with God, to, to just go after Him? Uh, people will be down here to pray with you if you like, and, and to guide you through. Uh, if you've got questions, I'll, I'll be over. I'd love to pray with you and, and just believe God for more. Because God's got good gifts for his church. But today, will we unwrap them? Lord, we want more of your Holy Spirit. As we're about to sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome in this place. Lord, we need more of you. And Lord, we know that you want to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. So would you fill us today? Oh, fill us to overflowing today. Baptize your people in the Spirit so we can have a new level of power. God, to reach our Jerusalem, to reach Aberdeen. God, to reach to the ends of the earth. Fill us today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, would you come? Find a place at this altar.
Thank you, Lord. We talked about the gifts of the Spirit. Maybe you're here today for the first time. That was one of those gifts that we talked about, the, the gift of tongues, but the gift of interpretation of tongues. That God still speaks to us today. He speaks to his people. I believe he's being very clear today. The gift is here. He's offering this gift. Don't leave it unwrapped. He's not going to force it on you. But we simply need to accept it. To receive that gift. So again today, if you want to receive that gift, open up your heart. Begin to seek it. Again, come find a place at this altar. And receive the gift that God wants to give you. Oh Lord, we receive. We receive. You just kind of lift your hand just in a, an act of, God, I'm ready to receive. God, I'm ready to receive. Jesus, would you pour out? God, we're not worthy this morning. God, we haven't earned this gift. That's why it's called a gift. But Lord, we receive this morning. God, would you Help us to unwrap the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Oh, would you fill us, Lord? Help us to take that step. Help us to take that step, that leap of faith, to trust in you today. Oh, you're welcome in this place. Jesus, you're welcome in our lives. We receive it today. We receive it today. Lord, would you fill us? Fill your people so we can complete the mission that you sent us to do. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Fill lives in this place today. 
Lord, if anyone doesn't know you, I pray today they would receive that gift. Forgiveness, freedom, salvation. Your indwelling presence. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Worship team, could we just sing that one more time? Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. I challenge you, continue. Seek after that gift. Come find a place at this altar. And let's let's just continue to pursue him. One for just a couple more moments here as we're together. Holy Spirit, you are
mighty God. Just begin to praise Him in this place, church. Lift up His name. There's no one like you. God, you are good. God, you give good gifts to your children, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for power. God, thank you that you've called us. God, that you have a purpose for us. God, thank you that you hear us. God, thank you that you bless us with your presence. God, that you give us your peace, that you give us your joy. Lord, that we can experience your love. Lord, we don't deserve it, but God, that's just how great a God you are. There's no one like you. God, we lift you up in this place. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit. God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.